Hello all, I'd like to give you a warm welcome back into the world of cannabis with Cameron Williams. Hope we're all having a lovely day out there today. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the timeline of the history of the world of cannabis. We're going to go back in time and look at the first documented use of cannabis, and we're also going to follow and track the series of events that lead us to how we view marijuana today. We're going to look at the past uses and laws of cannabis and also see how they've changed throughout time. I mentioned this before, but I want to bring it up again, especially for this episode. I want the listener to keep in mind that the cannabis plant, although the whole different perspectives have changed, laws have changed, uses have changed, the cannabis plant has stayed the same throughout the history of time. The compounds in it, the CBD, THC, CBDA, THCA, all the other cannabinoids in the plant, it has been the same throughout the whole history of time. It has not changed one bit from 10,000 years ago to now. It's gone through photosynthesis and needs sunlight, oxygen, water to grow like any other plant. Although marijuana in the U.S. is a Schedule One controlled substance defined as having no medicinal value and highly addictive potential, has killed zero people in the history of time. Whereas you look at tobacco and alcohol, it kills over half a million people each year. Figured I'd point that out before we get started here. How can substances that are killing people each year, hundreds of thousands of people each year, be perfectly legal, allowed to be sold in stores and advertised, yet you can't smoke marijuana because it's defined as being the same as heroin and worse than cocaine on paper? We're going to start our journey on the history of the timeline of cannabis in 2737 B.C. This was the first recorded use of cannabis as medicine by Emperor Shen Neng of China. During this time period, it was also looked at as one of the five sacred plants in India. There, it was used for medicine and also in ritual ceremonies for healing. We're going to fast forward to 1850 through 1915 in the United States, where marijuana was widely used throughout as a medicinal drug, and it could easily be purchased in pharmacies and in general stores. It was listed in the United States Pharmacopeia at this time and was prescribed for various conditions, including labor pains, nausea, and rheumatism. Marijuana was added to the pharmacopoeia list in 1850, and doctors could prescribe tinctures, which are oral drops that the patients would put under their tongue for relief. In 1919, the 18th Amendment was added to the United States Constitution, and it banned the manufacture, sale, transportation of alcohol, and positioned marijuana as an attractive alternative. That's interesting. So during the prohibition of alcohol, the government was actually pushing for and being advocates of the use of cannabis. And just as things were going well with marijuana during the alcohol prohibition, it seemed to be the beginning of the end of cannabis, at least the way we knew it, when in 1930 the Federal Bureau of Narcotics was created. That year was truly the beginning of the negative stigma associated with cannabis. Shortly after, in 1937, the United States Congress passed the Marijuana Tax Act, which criminalized the plant. From that point on, marijuana would never be looked at the same. It would now be looked at as a drug. Ironically, this is the same time period where the United States was making its way out of the Great Depression and really just wanted a place to put the blame and point their fingers at. Marijuana was now classified the same way as opioids are, and people who smoked the plant were now looked at as criminals. Race and immigration helped to strengthen and validate the fight against these drugs, as many of the people that were getting arrested for opioids happened to use and possess marijuana as well. More arrests were being made, more jail cells were being filled up, and ultimately more money was being paid back to the government for the violation of the law that they created. As time passed, propaganda began to make its way to the mainstream media, more arrests were made because of cannabis, and evidently the bias stigma tied to the plant got stronger and stronger. 
For the next 80 years, marijuana would be defined as a Schedule I controlled substance defined for having no medicinal value and highly addictive potential. Due to its classification, banks can't touch the money that's associated with it, scientists can't do the research on the plant that they need to, and they definitely can't do the experiments that they need to on the plant to find out the truth and facts about it. We're going to fast forward to 2001, the year medical marijuana was legalized all throughout Canada. Two years later, in 2003, something happens that a vast majority of people don't know about. The U.S. government, Department of Health and Human Services, files a patent on cannabinoids for neuroprotective antioxidant use. Yes, the United States of America has the rights to patent number 6630507, which is a patent on cannabinoids. Eleven years later, in January of 2014, something magnificent happened in the United States of America. This is the year that Colorado legalized cannabis for recreational use, being the first state in the country to do so. Although the use of marijuana is federally illegal across the United States, Colorado was able to operate under their own state laws. In 2017, the state of Colorado collected $247 million in taxes from the sale of cannabis. They used this influx of money to benefit the public goodwill, upgrading schools, creating homeless shelters, and also building roads. After legalization in Colorado is when I really started to delve into the world of cannabis. How did Canada, a country above the United States of America, use this plant as medicine? How did the government have a patent on these cannabinoids for neuroprotecting and antioxidant use? And then how also did a state within the country that has it federally illegal legalize this statewide for recreational use? It just didn't make sense to me. I knew there was more to it. As I continued my research, I started to find out that what I was hearing in the mainstream and the media about cannabis was vastly different from what I was actually researching and finding out in the full disclosed truths about the plant. I learned that the medicinal value of cannabis was certainly undeniable. It was helping children with epilepsy reduce seizures from 300 a week to 3, helps reduce the social anxiety in people with autism, and it also helps to reduce the size of tumors in people with cancer, and the list continues on. There are over 40 ailments that cannabis helps to treat, ranging from headaches to anxiety, from Alzheimer's to arthritis. In June of 2018, a major milestone happened for the world of cannabis. The FDA approved the first medicine derived from the cannabis plant. Eupidiolex, a medicine from GW Pharmaceuticals, is used to help treat rare, severe forms of epilepsy. Cannabidiol, also known as CBD, is a constituent in the cannabis plant and is known to help reduce seizures and other nerve-related issues. THC is the most highly abundant cannabinoid in the cannabis plant, where CBD is the second most highly abundant. We'll differentiate these two cannabinoids, CBD and THC, in a future episode, and we'll also discuss the hundred other cannabinoids that are in the plant. On October 17th of 2018, another major milestone happened for the world of cannabis. Canada became the first country to release the ban on cannabis nationwide. They're the first country in the world to do this, and they plan on being a global leader in the emerging industry. Some provinces ran out of product to sell within the first week because the demand was so high. It's no longer a matter of if, but when with the cannabis industry, and that's why numerous companies across Canada are making multi-million dollar acquisitions in order to scale. Atria, maker of Marlboro cigarettes, senses the inevitability of the market as they just bought a $1.8 billion stake in the Kronos Cannabis Company, preparing for a bright future in cannabis relative to the tobacco industry. Scott's miracle Grow, a well-known lawn care company, once in on the action of the marijuana boom too as they just made a $450 million acquisition of sunlight supply in order to expand their hydroponic sector. 
These experienced business professionals wouldn't be throwing these large sums of money around if they weren't planning on getting a return on their investment. Now I want to discuss the differentiation between hemp and cannabis. Their phenotype, or physical characteristics of the plant, are very similar, yet the genotype, or genetical makeup of the DNA, differs greatly. So they look about the same, but they produce different effects. For centuries, hemp fiber was used to make tile, rope, and fabrics as well. The main difference between hemp and cannabis is the amount of THC in the plant. One cannabis plant can have upwards of 30% THC, where one hemp plant, it can have no more than 0.3% THC in it. They both contain similar amounts of CBD, but the THC percentage is where they differ. In December of 2018, the U.S. Farm Bill Act legalized the commercial production of hemp across the nation. From this point on in America, any cannabis sativa plant that contains less than 0.3% THC will be considered a hemp plant and legal across the nation. The extraction process between the cannabis plant and the hemp plant are very similar, but the byproducts will be very different. The cannabis plant will extract the THC and the CBD, where the hemp plant, the extraction process, will leave the CBD, which holds the medicinal value in the plant, without the psychoactive effect. And the best part about it is your body recognizes CBD as CBD. It doesn't really care where it comes from. So you're going to get all of the medicinal benefits from the CBD from the hemp without the psychoactive high that you would get from the cannabis plant as well with the THC. Now THC certainly does have its fair share of medicinal value for pain and nausea, among other things, but most of the medicinal value is actually from the CBD. Recreational use of cannabis and hemp plants aside, the medicinal value of these plants is what's really going to keep it relevant for years to come, and I truly believe they're going to be the future of medicine. As of today, 33 states across the United States have legalized marijuana for medicinal use, and 10 states across the nation have legalized cannabis for recreational purposes. The progression of the cannabis movement has gained too much momentum at this point, without any noticeable drawbacks, and the future does seem to be bright for the plant. As the full disclosed truths about marijuana are becoming unveiled, it is now a topic of elections, scientists want to start researching it, and doctors want to start learning more about it so they can find relief for their patients. The last five years in the world of cannabis has moved at light speed. Now, marijuana has been legalized across the nation in Canada, over half the states in America use it as medicine, and the Farm Bill Act of 2018 legalizes the commercial production of hemp across the nation. And that all happened in five years. I'm eager to see what the next five to ten years bring in the cannabis industry as the progression continues and the negative stigma tied to the cannabis plant slowly gets diminished into nothing. The emerging cannabis sector will eventually turn into a consumer's market, just like any other industry. Entrepreneurs within the industry will now have to compete for the market share, coming up with new innovative solutions, and also fulfilling the needs of the consumer. And being within a capitalist system, the competition within the market will lead to new ideas, better solutions, and subsequently enhance the progression of cannabis. And please don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share this video, and also head to theworldofcannabis.org to check out some more written cannabis-related content. And that'll wrap up our discussion on the timeline of the history of cannabis. Hope you all enjoyed the episode today. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, enjoy the world of cannabis.